Amen. Let's all stand together as we sing as one and welcome the Holy Spirit this morning.
You may be seated. Good morning. It's so good to see all of you today, despite the rain. You know, I came in this morning and birds didn't care if it was raining. They were just chirping away, and that really was music to my ears. So if the kiddos want to come on up, while they're doing that, I want to bring your attention to uh, the bulletin here. Families, we are having a family worship Sunday next week. And we're planning some different things. We've got some special music. We have uh, a special bulletin. Someone is, one of the kiddos is creating for us. And it's just going to be filled with children and families and grandparents. And so be sure that you come because we have also started a celebration kids choir. And that's really exciting. And so we're going to take a short, small talk so that we have some extra time to practice. Okay? It's sounding really good. You guys excited? Every time I go in the choir room, you guys are sounding better and better. And so we'll, we'll be having those two songs for you guys next week. And um, you'll love it, I'm telling you. Parker, you want to help me? So I want Chloe... Macy and Sophie and Lily and Charlie and Olivia and you guys just stand like right along here okay actually why don't you all stand up there because this will be next week stand up there you want to come on up Sam no okay so these are some of the kiddos that you'll see next week. And I'm telling you, they fill every seat in that choir room. So I hope you can join us next week. But the message today is about the Samaritan woman who goes to the well. And she has a discussion with Jesus and she says, where can I get that living water? There's also something that Pastor Roger says at the end of each church service. He says, go and share your faith. So today I've got some water. Because sharing your faith is not only spiritual and reading the Bible and participating in Sunday school and being here at church and coming with your family and grandma and grandpa and aunts and uncles, so thank you. But it's also having physical needs met which many of you know and many of you serve God here in many ways. And so meeting physical needs and spiritual needs is also sharing your faith. So I've got a few bottles of pure life, pure water to share your faith. So as I hand these out and as we leave, I want you guys to give a bottle to somebody you don't even know. Okay, can you do that for me? This is for the people of the church. Girls, you can help Stephen, okay? Someone you don't know. And say, Jesus loves you. Can you do that? Awesome. Okay, let's have a word of prayer. Gracious God, we come before you this day. We know that you have places for our hearts, that you have places that we need to walk and places that we need to share our faith. Allow us to shout with praises and sing our voices high and know that you are with us in the ups and downs of life. Allow us to bring all the joy and hope and love to this day. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's go. Okay, hand out your water. Thank you, Karen. Good morning. Welcome to Christ Church. Visitors, we do welcome you. We want you to know that uh, in, our, in our pews we have Bibles. If you need a Bible at home, you're welcome to take one of those as a gift uh, from us. And inside it actually says that, uh, in, inside the front cover. It, it talks about it being a gift. So 
Please feel free, if you uh, need a Bible, to take one with you. There are several things that are listed here in the bulletin that I'll let you uh, go through. Karen talked about the family worship next Sunday, so uh, you'll, you'll uh, certainly want to be a part of that. You're probably wondering what these two walls are doing up here. These are actual pictures of the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem, and people, the, the, the stones are much bigger. But people will, uh, every day of the year, come and pray at the wall. And it is, it's at the base of where the temple used to be, the temple that was destroyed and never built. But it, it actually was part of that original temple uh, from a, a lower ground up to the, to the uh, Temple Mount. And they, they come and they pray, and they also take pieces of paper, small pieces of paper, and they uh, roll them up with a prayer to God, and they stick them into the different chinks in the, in the, in the, in the wall. Well, if you, when you get close to the wall, you'll see that there are actually holes in here that you could put your prayers, if you, if you uh, write it out, into the wall. We've, had, we've done this for several years uh, during Lenten season, and they're also in our prayer chapel all, all year long. People come and, and do that as a symbolic, uh, concrete, tangible way of connecting with God. Now, each one of you should have received a piece of a slip of paper today as you, were, as you were coming in, does everybody have one? Or if they need one, just uh, raise your hand and the ushers will get that for you. Uh, that, it's, it's up to you. You can do this if you want, but you don't have to. It's, it's at, at, in our final song today, uh, we're going to have an opportunity to actually come forward to the walls and to put, put in your, your prayer request or your statement or something that you want to give to God. Hopefully the message today, there will be things in the message that draw you deeper into your relationship and you may want to write something down there. But this, is, this will be your time that you just have an opportunity to connect with God through using the prayer walls. Uh, we've had many testimonies of how God has worked in a mighty way through those uh, prayer walls. Uh, and uh, even, even when our bishop was here, he, he utilized the prayer wall as well. So. Uh, Please, uh, fit, well, okay, maybe, maybe I should uh, answer the question, well, what happens to all these prayers that um, are in these walls? Well, we, we made them, it sort of it looks like it's coming loose over there, but we, we made them so you can't get into it. And later on, I'll nail that back so it, it's, it's solid again. But uh, we, don't, we just plan to fill them up. And there's, there's already thousands of prayers in there. But we just, we just plan to fill them up. And well, what happens when the thing gets filled up? Well, we'll take them outside and burn them, I guess. I don't know. You, your prayers will never be read by a human being. They're, they're just simply to God. So uh, we do take that very seriously, and it's a part of our, our Lenten prayer here at Christ Church. Other announcements there, as you can see, uh, you, can, you can read on your own. But uh, right now, let's, let's continue our worship service by uh, worshiping Him through our giving of tithes and offerings. So let's pray for our, our giving. Lord, I ask that you will be with this special offering as we give back to you a little bit of what you have given to us. Utilize this, Lord, to help maintain this ministry in Christ uh, United Methodist Church and ministry of, of furthering your, your work throughout the Quad Cities and throughout the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Spend your whole life 
and chasing what's missing but that empty inside it just ain't gonna listen when nothing can satisfy and the world leaves you high and dry just come to the well and all who thirst will thirst no more and all who search will find what their souls long for the world will try but it can never fill so leave it all behind and come to the well so bring me your heart no matter how broken just come as you are when your last prayer is spoken just rest in my arms a while you feel change my child when you come to the well and all who thirst will thirst no more and all who search will find what their souls long for the world will try and it can never fail you're full of love beyond measure joy's gonna flow like a stream in the desert soon all the world will see that the living water is found in me as you came to the well and all who thirst will search will find what their souls long for the world will try it can never fail leave it all people who come to the well, receiving from you that which we need, this uh, water, a living water that can only come from you, and that you promise will spring up within us, well up within us to eternal life. Lord God, we come to experience you and we welcome your presence here. We come with others to make this worship experience unique. No other like it in the history of time will have these exact same people at this exact same moment. And so we consider it an honor that you are here and that we can worship you. Lord, we come from different places and stages in our lives and, and you know our needs and our ignorance and even asking, but we know that you want to hear our prayers and so we lift our prayers to you. Also, we lift our praises to you, how you've answered our, our prayers in, in previous days. And Lord, you've also included in our hearts and minds people who need, we need to be praying for, and we now lift those names to you. Kurt, 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 Dave, Jim, 
Lord God, hear our spoken prayers. But also, God, those prayers that are too deep for words. And hear us now, Lord, as we pray together the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We've been looking at a, a series of questions that Jesus asked. Jesus asked a bunch of questions, well over a hundred, and they always seem to take a person deeper in their faith. And we're looking at one today that might not look very deep, and you're wondering, what in the world are we doing that one for? It's called, Will You Give Me a Drink? And it comes from the Gospel of John, the fourth chapter. Incidentally, all of the, all of the questions that we're looking at during this time leading up to Easter come from the Gospel of John. And I would encourage you to read the Gospel of John this, this uh, uh, month and, and leading up to Easter uh, in, in April. If you, if you were to, to, to read a chapter a day, you would be through the Gospel of John in three weeks. So I'd encourage you to do that as part of your Lytton uh, uh, discipline of, of trying to draw closer to God. Now we're going to be looking at this. It, it is in John chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. And it's talking about Jesus when it says He. Now He had to go through Samaria... So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus asked her, Will you give me a drink? May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Let's pray. Lord God, speak to us through your holy word, and may the witness to your word be faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. A Samaritan woman, what, what is that? Now, you may have heard of the, the, the term Good Samaritan. Good Samaritan comes from actually a story that Jesus told in the Gospel of Luke about a, uh, a person. And he was asked a question about how do you inherit eternal life? And then uh, Jesus responded by saying, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love the, uh, your neighbor as yourself. At least the, the person knew those two things that Jesus was looking for. And then... And then uh, he asked this question, said, love your neighbor as yourself. He says, who is, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And that's what sparked Jesus to tell the story of the Good Samaritan. He talks about this uh, road that goes from Jerusalem down to Jericho. Jerusalem's up on uh, several hills and Jericho's down lower. And then there's this uh, uh, stony path that goes from one to the other that people journey to uh, go. Sometimes it's dangerous. And so people knew this route. And he said, you know, there was this guy who was going down to Jericho from Jerusalem, and, and he was attacked by robbers. And they just beat the tar out of him, took everything, even his clothes, left him there for dead along the road. And he said, now this, this priest came by, and everybody's singing, oh, priest, priest's going to do something about this. Priest is a good person. He's going he's gonna, he's gonna to help this man. And the priest sees the guy. He goes on the other side of the path and hurriedly skirts his way around and keeps going. And I'm sure all of them are going, oh, oh, what kind of priest is that? And then he said, now, now there was a Levite that came by. 
And they say, oh, Levi, that's a religious person who serves in the temple. I bet he does something. And he goes by as well, not even stopping. And they're all going, wow. And then Jesus says, and then there was this Samaritan. Now, all the Jews listening to this said, oh, Samaritan. I know what he did. He's probably walking by, saw that Jew all broken and bloody, and probably went over there and kicked him. But Jesus surprised me. He said, the Samaritan saw the man, took pity on him, bandaged up his wounds, picked him up, took him to a place where they could take care of him, and told that place, you know, if, if, uh, if you need more money, I'll give you some money to, to, to uh, take care of him. If you need more, I'll be back here soon, and, and I'll, uh, I'll pay you what, what, uh, what extra it costs. And then, he, and then he said to the people there, he said, now, okay, now, which one was really the neighbor? to the man who was beaten up and, and robbed. And all of them would have to grudgingly say, well, obviously it wasn't a priest or a Levite, must be that, that Samaritan. Now that is the story of the good Samaritan. And it portrays a Samaritan in a light that's different from what you usually hear about Samaritans, at least at the time of Jesus. The good Samaritan. Well, today the story is about the bad Samaritan. And we're going we're gonna to learn that, you know, the Samaritans were considered pretty low. But here's one that's even considered and ostracized by Samar even Samaritans. So this is like she was a really bad Samaritan. And the story goes that uh, uh, Jesus is traveling through this area called Samaria. Now, what's the issue about that? If you look up at this map here, you will see that above, uh, right at the top, it says Galilee. Up there is the Galilean Sea. Uh, there's Nazareth up there. And then if you look down, you see Samaria, that area there. And this was at the time of Jesus. And then on below that, where the cross is, you see, it's, it's, it, you can't really read it. It says Judea. And that's the Judean area. And you see Jericho off to the right there, just below and to the left would be Jerusalem. Now people up in the Galilean area, they would travel to Jerusalem several times a year. But there's an issue, and that issue is they dislike the Samaritans so much that they wouldn't take a straight shot through Samaria. They would actually go all the way over to the Jordan River, cross down by the Jordan, and then back. And it's said that it would take sometimes as much as six extra days to make that trip by going around like that. Now, why was there so much hatred to the point that they, they didn't even want to associate with, they didn't even want to go through the Samaritan country? Well, the Samaritans were a group of people who lived obviously north of, of Jerusalem in that Samaritan area, and they were half Jews, half Gentiles. And it all started back when uh, Solomon died and the kingdom was split in two, a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom, known as Israel and Judea. And Israel, the northern kingdom, at, at, in 721, the Assyrians came and overpowered them, took over the area, and tried to assimilate the Jews into their own culture. And how they did that is they actually uh, exiled many of the leaders to different locations, and the people that were still there, they were considered not really much of a benefit to the Assyrian society, so they just left them there. And in the process of uh, being annihilated by this uh, Assyrian uh, rule, they... Uh, they began to, to intermarry with the Assyrians. Thus the people were neither Hebrews, Jews, or Gentiles. So they became their own unique group of people. They had a different copy of the first five books of the New Testament called the Pentateuch. And they also, since they couldn't worship in Jerusalem, the Jews wouldn't let them worship in Jerusalem because they saw them as impure, they, uh, they, they created their own worship uh, uh, center there in Samaria. And at the time of, the, of Jesus, the Samaritans and the Jews 
did not deal with one another at all. Now, I want you, we're not going to be able, you know, I'm not going to ask you which, which group of people this is, but I want you to think of the group of people in your thought process that are the lowest of the low. I mean, you don't really want to have anything to do with them. You got that group in mind? Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's those red-hatted conver- uh, co- uh, conservatives. Or maybe it's the liberals. Or maybe it's a ethnic or racial or cultural group that you just don't want anything to do with. Maybe, maybe it's people who have a felony. Maybe it's people at work. Maybe your statement is, it's hard to soar with the eagles when I'm surrounded by a bunch of turkeys. Okay, you got, you got the group in mind. You got the group that you just think is the lowest of low. You don't want anything to do with them at all. Those are your Samaritans. You see it? If you were a Jew, they would be your Samaritans. They, the Jews, did not want anything to do with Samaritans at all. But notice that Jesus is not one who went around. He went right down through Samaria. He's traveling through Samaria. And he comes to a place called Sychar, which is kind of uh, interesting because the, the, the well, Jacob's well, is right, right there. Joy and I, when we were in the Holy Land uh, on, for a visit, we actually got to go to, the, to uh, Jacob's well and uh, um, got to experience pulling up water from Jacob's well and how cold and clear it was. Uh, you know, had it just an impromptu renewal of baptism service there. It was really pretty awesome. Um, so that well still exists, and, and Jesus, Jesus was sitting there. He was sitting there at noon, and he was traveling with his disciples. He had told his disciples, "You go on into the city and get food, and we'll come and come back." I'm, I'm tired. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna rest. So that's how we find Jesus at the well at around noon. And out of Sychar comes a woman, a Samaritan woman, to draw water at noon. And Jesus uh, looks at her and says, will you give me a drink? Now, think about this for a minute. Women, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, here I am, working hard, trying to get water, and this guy who's just relaxing over there, able-bodied man, is asking me to get him a drink of water. What would you say to that person? Get it yourself, you lazy bum! You know, guys, it's usually like this. Honey, would you get me a drink? Well, guys, I got news for you. If you want women to wait on you hand and foot, you were born in the wrong century, buddy. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. But back then, it, it, it probably would happen. But there are some cultural issues here that, that blow this wide open. First of all, she's a Samaritan. Here is this self-respected, uh, or min- a very respected Jewish person who's a rabbi who asks her, give me a drink. She may not have known all that, but she at least knows that he's Jewish. So will you give me a drink? Secondly, culturally back then, it was not appropriate for a man to speak to a woman, especially one he didn't know, let alone having uh, uh, this woman be a, 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 a Samaritan and he being a Jew. <clears throat> so if you look on page 1066, you can see her response. She's kind of she's caught by this when he says, uh, will you give me a drink? And she responds by saying, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. 
Well, yeah, that's, that's, obvi that's obvious. But in it is packed the cultural hoopas that's happening here. You are a Jew. I am a Samaritan. You guys don't interact with Samaritans. Plus, I'm a woman, and you're not supposed to be talking to me to begin with. And this is what Jesus said. Now, now that's what starts a conversation. Okay? The question, will you give me a drink? She says that, and in verse 10, he says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Living water? What is that? What is he talking about? And so, you know, Jesus is going deeper in the conversation. She's still up here. She says, sir, you know, you don't have anything to draw with, and the well is deep. Where, where can you get this living water? And then she takes sort of a jab at the Hebrew, the Jew, saying, you know, you, you, uh, you do realize we got the same heritage, don't you? She says it in this way. She says, are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? And like, you know, so she's sort of up here and Jesus is down here and, she, and he says, everyone who, who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a, a, a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Well, she's still up here. Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to come, keep coming here to draw the water. Now, I'm sick and tired of coming out here at noon getting this water. And you're about to find out why she's by herself at noon. Jesus changes tactics. He says, go call your husband and come back. Go call your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. Nana, nana, nana. Jesus says, you're right. You're right, you don't have a husband. You've had five husbands. And the one that you're with right now is not your husband. This man, knows everything about her. This man just pointed up to her, her life of failure, 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 failure. To the point that the man she's living with now is not even her husband. Five husbands now shacking up with a guy in that culture. You don't think that was talked about by the good women of Sychar? You don't think she was ostracized to the point that when the women would go out to the well was early in the morning when it was cool to get the water so they wouldn't have to fight the, the noonday heat? But there's one time you could go to that well where you know you weren't going to run into people and that'd be noon. So here was a woman who didn't want to, to uh, have to put up with the others who, who ostracized her. And so she'd come at noon. And there was Jesus. And he's interested in a conversation that just blows her away. Tells her exactly everything that, uh, about herself. And, and she basically says, the only thing she can say, <laughs> Sir, I see that you are a prophet. You know, you obviously know things. And then, then she sort of gets in this spiritual conversation. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Well, added to that is, and you won't let us worship in Jerusalem because 
of our history. And so, you know, like, what are we to do? And Jesus says, woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet the time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in the truth, for they seek the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. They are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and truth. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Has her head spinning. She says, I know that the Messiah, the one who's called the Christ, the anointed one of God, I know, I know that the Messiah is coming, and when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then this is when Jesus does something he seldom does, especially this early in his ministry. He looks right at her, and he says these words, I, the one, the one speaking to you, and I am he. He looks right at her and says, I'm that Messiah. I'm the one. Wouldn't you know it? Just then his disciples come back. And they see him talking to this Samaritan woman. They're kind of blown away by that. They're wondering, what in the world is going on? They're looking at each other. So he see, you know, what, why, what is, and they don't say anything to him. Uh, he's, he's a rabbi. You know, we're not going to say anything to him, but. But they're sure wondering what's going on. And the woman, she leaves her water jug. She goes back into the town. The town that ostracizes her. And she says, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Could this be the Messiah? Now, people in town go, oh, really? Why, why are you telling us this? Well, you know, this might be the Messiah. We better go check this out. So many in the town, they go out to the well where Jesus and his disciples are, and they start talking to him. And here this Jewish man is looking at them with respect and, and talking with them, and they... They get mesmerized by him to the point where they say, um, would you consider staying with us a while and continue your teaching? For two days, he and his disciples stayed there in the Samaria region, teaching, interacting, to the point that many who were Samaritans came to the point of believing that Jesus Christ is just that, the Messiah, that Jesus is the Messiah. And it all started with a question. Will you give me a drink? Now, there's a couple other, there's other times that Jesus mentions Samaritan. One interesting time is when his time is close. And he goes to Jerusalem. He's ready to start out for Jerusalem. He knows he's going to be crucified when he gets there. He knows it's his last time. He chooses to once again go through, go south through Samaritan, Samaria. And he asks the uh, disciples to go and, and, and let them know that uh, he's coming. And what the scripture tells us in Luke 9 is the Samaritans did not receive him because he was on his way to Jerusalem. The people wouldn't welcome him. But then there was another time when he was raised from the dead and he'd been with his disciples and then he was going to ascend into heaven, but it was it was, right, it was right before he did that that he gave him the Great Commission. And hopefully you all know what the Great Commission is. To go and to share your faith with someone who needs love, forgiveness, or hope. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. 
but he also specifically said, go not only to Jerusalem, but to Judea, to Samaria, to all of the world. Go. Share your faith. Isn't it interesting that he included Samaria? You see, I, I believe that that question, because of where it led, was Jesus asking the woman, will you take me seriously? Will you take me seriously? And I believe that when Jesus said, will you give me a drink, he's saying to each and every one of us, will you take me seriously? Now, if you look on your bulletin, you'll see right, at, right below the, the uh, Christ United Methodist Church and the date is what we, uh, what we say. And the question is, what has Jesus called you to do? And it's to love God and people. That's the great commandment, to love God and people so much that we seek to bring them together. That's the great commission. You know, that even means going to the Samaritans in your life, interacting with them and sharing Jesus with them. And maybe, maybe when we take him seriously, we can be like the Samaritan woman who goes into town and shares her faith. You know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't much. It wasn't, she didn't have it all figured out, but she was willing to share what she knew. And that's all we're called to do, is to share what we know. And maybe when we take him serious, we can be like that Samaritan woman who said, I, I met a man who knows everything about me. Could he be the Messiah? Come and see. Come and see. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you that you are a God that reaches out to each and every one of us regardless of how many times we have failed, how many times we have sinned against you, yet you still come with your love. Help us to be like the, the Samaritan who was willing to share even when she was caught in her own sins. We love you, Lord. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand together. And uh, put your prayers in the wall if you'd like during this song.
we've been there ten thousand years bright shining as the sun we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun Christ Church, what has Jesus called you to do? Love God and people so much that we seek to bring them together. So go and share your faith with someone who needs love, forgiveness, or hope. Point them toward God. Let him save them as he is saving you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the people of God, shout it. Amen. Amen.